Hi, and welcome to Right to Life of Michigan's Life Beat podcast. I am your host today, Anna Plymert, and Grace Hemmeke is joining me for the very last time. This is her last podcast. She is sadly leaving us for Virginia. Warmer climate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So we will definitely miss her and um, hopefully have have a new member to the podcast in 2024 and excited to announce whoever that may be. Anyway, moving on, we're kind of going to do a wide variety of things on the podcast today, a little year in review, some pro-life news, um, some things happening with Right to Life of Michigan staff and our president so we'll be talking about that but first just some pro-life news that has happened in Michigan recently is Governor Whitmer signed the last bill in the Reproductive Health Act. Yes so the whole bill or almost every bill in the package had been signed by the end of November right or at the beginning of December. Yes. Okay, so then why was it that she waited on this one to do it like a week later? She waited until December 11 to sign this bill, which would make it so women didn't have to pay for insurance to have it cover their abortions. December 11 of this year marked 10 years since Governor Whitmer had made a speech when this bill was being voted on in the Senate when she was a senator 10 years ago. She made a speech about how women shouldn't have to pay for abortions in anticipation of getting sexually assaulted because she was sexually assaulted. Thankfully, the bill went through anyway, preventing tax dollars from going towards abortions and people having to pay for other people's abortions. But 10 years later to the date on December 11, she repeal that bill so she obviously wanted to make a huge show out of it she wanted you know the press to be there and to make a she's some great hero for women so that's exactly what she did okay so that bill house bill 4949 that was repealing the barrier to taxpayers dollars going to pay for women's abortions through insurance coverage through insurance okay Yes, not Medicaid-covered um, covered abortions, but insurance-covered abortions. That happened on December 11. And then I guess just some news for the country in general happening out of Texas. And, and a lot of people are talking about this case because it could kind of change the landscape for other states who maybe have similar laws or other states who are looking at similar laws to Texas and saying, well, we don't want that. So the effects of this case are kind of unknown yet, but I would not be surprised if it, if it, you know, carried on throughout other states. So a lady named Katie Cox requested to have an immediate abortion granted by the courts in Texas because her baby was diagnosed with trisomy 18 at 20 weeks uh, was when she filed a lawsuit against Texas saying, I need this abortion. Because in Texas, they are essentially 
abortion free there. They have an abortion law that says um, you can have an abortion after a heartbeat is detected. And so that obviously is sooner than 20 weeks. And so she wasn't able to have one. The only way that you can after the heartbeat is detected is if the life of the mother is at risk. She sued Texas saying, I need this immediate abortion because my life is is at risk. And also, like, my baby has tries me 18. Which only one of those two things was true. Correct. Just because the baby had trisomy 18 doesn't mean that her life was at risk. The mother's life was at risk. Right. And that's ultimately what the Texas Supreme Court ruled was that her life was not at risk and that some pregnancies have complications and and are difficult, but her life was not at immediate risk. I guess to back up a little bit, I believe a judge in Austin had ruled that she could have the abortion. And then the Supreme Court, Texas Supreme Court came in and said, actually, no, you can't. Unfortunately, the her attorney did update the country, I guess, because a lot of people are following this case and said that she did go to another state mm. or that she is going to another state to have the abortion. I think it's an important case to talk about, especially because here on our Right to Life of Michigan staff, we have had staff members and their families go through this whole journey that Katie Cox ended very, you know, it was a short journey for her, but, and they have a a beautiful daughter. I think she's 11 or 12. Not sure. She's around there. She does have, tries me 18. And most of the time when people receive that diagnosis, they're told that the baby will die in the womb or that it will die shortly after it's born and it will be painful and you know all of the things that you tell parents to scare them or that they hear they obviously don't want their child to go through pain but there are countless stories of families who have been given this diagnosis before the baby was born and the baby's born and maybe there's some complications obviously with that diagnosis there most likely is but the, the child is, is living and thriving and loved and supported by the family. And so we're fortunate enough that we have Brad Smith in our development department who, who his family does um, have that story. And so they're able to say, hey, that's not exactly how this goes. It can be a really beautiful journey. We're so grateful to have our daughter, Faith. I believe he's done podcasts before on LifeBeat, um, so if you ever want to hear his story, you should be able to find it. But yeah, it's really interesting just from talking to him in the past, hearing about the incredible amount of work that they had to go to to get doctors to give resources to their daughter because of the mindset that a lot of the doctors had that she wasn't going to live long or that maybe it wouldn't be worth it medically for them to go to that effort. And it's just incredible hearing him tell the story of how they had to learn to be advocates for their daughter. Mm -hmm. And now they help other parents be advocates for their own children and just getting the medical community to step up and 
not even go the extra mile. Give actual medical attention right. to children who need it. Just the standard care that children deserve, no matter what they are diagnosed with or what they're living through. Exactly. And and the stats change based on that, right? Because uh, a child diagnosed with trisomy 18 will live longer if they receive proper medical attention. Mm-hmm. It's It's not a death sentence that a lot of these statistics make it out to be. Right. Right. And so... It's just unfortunate that the family in Texas, uh, this is how their story ended. As far as we know, she went and got the abortion in another state. But it, it's it's been cool and interesting to see all these other families come out and say, well, here's our story and here's how beautiful it was. And so hopefully that also has a, lack, a lasting impact um on other states and and families that may maybe this case will affect them in the future i'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to see this out of a state that does have laws protecting children from abortion mm-hmm. yeah the, the ethic there is it plays into so much of the pro-life movement and that there's this worldview in a lot of the secular culture that if a, a child is going to suffer or has a disease or in some way isn't going to live the perfect, ideal, healthy, happy mm-hmm. life, that their life's not worth living. And we just reject that. That's that's an awful way to look at life. Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't help mankind in general. It doesn't help individuals to live their best life. It just means that a child's going to be different. They're going to have a different experience. And that's not bad. We hear it all the time that being different is okay. Well, let's live that out and how we treat children with different health circumstances than the perfect ideal human would normally have. Right. We should be striving to eliminate the suffering, not the person that suffers. Moving on, um, those are two Two stories that have been happening recently in the pro-life movement in Michigan and in our country. A little bit closer to home at Right to Life of Michigan, our president of 43 years, Barbara Listing, has announced that she will be retiring at the end of this year. We are so grateful to the dedication and just the work that Barb has put into Right to Life of Michigan, to our affiliates, to families and children and the unborn in Michigan. She has been such an amazing leader and has is recognized throughout the country, really, for just how much of a, of a powerhouse she is and all of the successes that she has had. Obviously, we've had some defeats as well as as most people have experienced, but we are so grateful for her leadership, and we look forward to our new president, Amber Roseboom, who has already been with us for, I think, over a year at this point, a year and a half, maybe? Yeah, around there. She has been our vice president of operations for about a year and a half now, and so we're so excited to see her take on the new role and be our president and continue to lead Michigan in in new ways and hopefully continue advocating for for the unborn, for children, for elderly, for the vulnerable. 
So we're very, very excited to see what's in store for us in 2024. When I first joined Right to Life, I had no idea of how far back the history went mm-hmm. and of all of the incredible legislative wins that Right to Life of Michigan had had here in the state. I, I just moved into Michigan a few years ago myself, mm-hmm. so it's a little new to that. But that really takes someone with incredible character and leadership yeah. to pull that off, especially with, well, the kind of government that we have now. Right. And it it wasn't always friendly in the past, and getting it to be more friendly at times was, that just takes incredible work right. on Barb's part. I couldn't be more grateful to be here learning from her this past year and a half. Yes, yes. I think all of us here at Rights Life Michigan feel that way. And just kind of looking around and seeing, you know, the community, community that Barb has built over the last 43 years, knowing that most Right to Life uh, state organizations aren't able to have this much paid staff. And so, if any, and so we're so grateful that we have this whole team working every single day, Monday through Friday, probably most weekends, and we're able to just continuously work on this and continuing to fight to protect life and looking around also seeing that we have I believe it's like 90 ish around there affiliates across Michigan so very much a grassroots organization and that's all thanks to Barb continuing that and inspiring people and you know people have been able to stay for years because it's such a wonderful place to be so We're very grateful, and we hope that she has an amazing retirement and that she actually relaxes for just, for most of it, hopefully. (laughs) She needs it. So we're very excited, very thankful that Amber is coming in and continuing us to lead us. Speaking of 2024, we are still have our online match continuing so we are matching 100 percent of the online donations to our educational fund that's going through december 31st so you can donate up into the whole day of december 31st our goal is a hundred thousand dollars and i think currently we're almost at sixty thousand so we really hope that we can meet that goal and just a few short days any any gift that you are able to give is so appreciated looking back on 2023 you know we're able to do the things that we did because of the gifts that people have given to us at the end of the year donations just looking to 2024 we have so many plans and we're so excited and grace is frowning because she won't be (laughs) We have so many plans, and so it really is so great and special that people are willing to contribute to that and help us reach our goals and our plans for 2024. Our plans include a new media campaign that's going to be huge. We're super excited about it. And um, just continuing our grassroots efforts, continuing to educate women in Michigan and encourage them to choose life, encourage them 
that uh, you know they're courageous and they can make the other choice and that is to choose life looking back at 2023 we've had some really great moments and some not so great moments with the different laws that have been repealed but it's a new year and we're gonna continue fighting continue protecting the pro-life laws that we do still have intact and we're just so grateful that you are along with us for the ride and that you have supported us that we've gotten this far i think one highlight for me that i know is going to get expanded in 2024 and i'm a little sad i'm not going to be here to see it (laughs) um, was the capital city baby shower oh yeah there were hundreds of women there or about a hundred around a hundred and so many local businesses donating things like hair salons restaurants baby banks just donating gifts for these women who had kids were expecting kids and they're getting resources that they need and it was just a really wonderful event our multicultural outreach did such a wonderful job with that I remember seeing the pictures and thinking, wow, this this wasn't just a an in-the-corner, out-of-sight mm-hmm. event. Like It was in a park in the middle of Lansing. It was open to the public. We had people RSVPing. Was there media coverage? I think maybe a little bit. A little yeah. bit of media coverage. But that, was, that event just really blessed me to see and all of the women who were helped do that. And I know that's expanding. We're doing more than one next year. Yes, I think we're taking it to a few other big cities in Michigan. I'm not exactly, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but they're already in the works of planning that. And it's really cool to see because it, it is decorated like a baby shower and there's food and there's games so you can bring you know, women bring their families and their husbands and their kids and face painting and things like that. So it was a really cool event, and I'm happy that we got to do that this year for the first time ever. Another cool event, obviously most people would agree with this, was the March for Life that we were able to host with the National March for Life. It was such an amazing event to see that many people, I think there's about 5,000 Michiganders came out that day. It was awful weather, but they still came. And I think that just goes to show that we're still fighting. We're still have hope. Um, and we should have hope. Yeah. So that was a really a cool event that we were able to have this year as well. My favorite bit of that was our keynote speaker, Gigi Davis, mm-hmm. who did an incredible job. And she was a really articulate young lady who had such an incredible testimony. And we got her on the podcast. We did. Go listen to that if you haven't yet. She she goes into so much more detail than she could at the march about her personal story and how she found healing for her abortion and how she helps women find healing so that they don't get stuck in that cycle of having abortions and stuck in that rut and not knowing how to get out so that was such a hopeful heartfelt and healing message from her that I know is so important for women in Michigan to hear right now because they do have the choice and they're a lot of them are going to face consequences of 
not choosing life mm-hmm. and they may or may not be presented with the choice for life and they may or may not be presented with what the consequences will be if they don't choose life because it is damaging mm-hmm. to have that on your conscience and even just the physical ramifications right. of choosing abortion so that was a really incredible message from Gigi about how women can find healing yeah, I'm very happy that we were able to have her on our podcast. That was a really cool moment. And if you want to go watch it, I think it's a it's a couple episodes back. Other than that, we are wrapping it up the year. It's Christmas time, so Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. We will not be able to speak with you next week for the New Year, so Happy New Year as well. Next week, we have Ken Stoltz, our faith outreach coordinator, interviewed Barb Listing, our president, until the end of the year. And she goes into detail, you know, about how she became president and um, just her story behind that, kind of um, what it's been like to be president for 43 years and, and in her retirement what she'll be doing and just uh, kind of a little tribute to Barb and a shout out to Amber, our soon to be new president. So please stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout. That will be next Friday, December 28. So we will not have uh, a podcast with Grace and I, or I guess just me next week. So happy new year's. We won't be able to talk to you. Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful time with your family and friends, with food and presents. So any last words, Grace? (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful holiday.